Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I am thrilled to be talking today with my friend, Amber Cullum. Amber, it's a privilege to have you back on the podcast once again. Thank you for having me. I am in the process of currently giggling because of something we're going to talk about. So maybe you should go ahead. Oh, well. We are talking about gratitude today, but before we need to share. Yeah, that's right. This is something I'm thankful for. I am thankful for tacos. I am thankful for Mexican food and there's a history behind this, but the funny part is you and I both realized that this is uh, sort of a fixation of ours that we both could just eat salsa and chips forever. We were sitting not at a Mexican restaurant, but we were sitting in a restaurant this a few weeks back. And I just shared with you how much Mm -hmm. I love tacos and Mexican food. And you said same. And I said, Oh, you have to see this video. (laughs) So I don't even know the name of this Latino comedian, but he cracks me up. You got it. Armando Santiago. Santiago. Okay. All right. So this video of him talking about our obsession as Americans with Mexican food just makes taco Tuesday. Makes me laugh so much because you see the Taco Tuesday sign everywhere, like every American Mexican restaurant. It's Taco Tuesday. And and Armando in this video talks about how obsessed we are. And he says, I want you to call up your friend. This is what you do. You call up your friend and you say, hey, it's Taco Tuesday. Put on your sombrero and meet me at Chipotle. And he just keeps going on. It's so funny. I I can't even but do it then, justice. But, but then, then he says, he's like, none of us, none of us who are Mexicans or I can't remember what nationality he said he was. He's like, none of us are going, hey, put on your American Eagle or it was an Aeropostale t-shirt and come over for meatloaf Monday. <laughs> he says, none of you are saying meet us at Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part of it makes me laugh so hard. So guys, we're not doing this justice at no, all, but let me just say that we both love tacos and tacos are something to be thankful for. So mm-hmm. let's keep moving into <laughs> our session for today. Amber is a good friend that we I've had the privilege of getting to know a little bit. And really, I believe on the podcast, the most beautiful conversations come from mm-hmm. the conversations where someone is just a friend and we know each other and we both love the Lord yeah. and want to share what he has put on our hearts. So whether that's tacos or thankfulness <laughs> We are about to dive into a conversation today on the biblical benefits Mm -hmm. of practicing gratitude. I think most of us get excited about the benefits of something, right? (laughs) Yes. I mean, what are the benefits that you get excited about? Oh, me? Um, Well, I won't steal your thunder. So I won't say the one about running (laughs) that you're going to (laughs) share. 
I, oh my goodness. I, I'm trying to think right now. You go. And I have to think about okay, that. What I, are the benefits? I will share. I should have, I should have shared mine first to give you a chance to think. I will share that my husband for many years, um, when he turned 40, he started running long distance running. Mm-hmm. So he started doing half marathons and full marathons. And after a couple of years, I was mostly sitting on the sidelines. Like it was such a thrilling moment for me to sit at the Mm -hmm. finish line and watch him cross that line and see him obtain this victory and just really have such a great experience. And I'm all about spectating. It wasn't for me this idea that, well, why does he get this? And I don't, but one particular race, I was sitting there and I thought, I just want to try. He's having so much fun. And this looks like to be, it's such a healthy, beautiful thing for him. I see Mm -hmm. the benefits of this in his life. And I want to see if I can experience those same benefits. And so I started running. I'll just be honest with you. I don't really like running. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? (laughs) I don't like running, but what I do like are the benefits of running. And then what I discovered is if the benefits of running were strong enough for me, if I started to experience those, this transformation started to happen to where I actually enjoyed running and I actually loved Mm -hmm. running. And so you mentioned for you, it's like medicine. You you think of it like medicine. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing with running for me is, um, I don't think about it as medicine when I'm hurting. And then I text my husband mid run and he texts me back. Remember it's medicine, meaning the benefit is the emotional benefit for me. It, Mm -hmm. you know, because it does release endorphins and things like that. It's that can kind of propel you to keep going. And I think about my kids as they play sports. Um, most people don't love when practice first starts, right? Like (laughs) I can remember back playing basketball and literally being to the point where I'm almost throwing up in the first week because it's so hard. But the benefit of that is I'm in shape and able to play the sport. And that's what I've been telling my son who is currently getting up at 5.15 to be at basketball practice by 6.15. So... (laughs) But I mean, another benefit that I do enjoy, I do enjoy podcasting. It's not something that um, I dread, but some benefits I didn't expect are free books. I get lots and lots of free books that I like to read and can give away. Um, I've been able to walk into opportunities with you, for example, leading a growth group through Speak Up Ministries um, on podcasting. And so those are some benefits of doing something that I didn't expect early on. So I think that's another, you know, thing to think about that benefits sometimes are just unexpected. Right. So we've been talking, I explained that our last episode, this is the first time that I've ever had a guest to come on the podcast two weeks in a row. And I think the reason I wanted to continue this conversation, number one, because I just love you and it's so easy for us to talk as friends, but number two, I really believe that Practicing gratitude is such a pivotal renewing practice that we can't emphasize enough. If you've never tried it, you need to try it. And so I thought we would dedicate this 
episode to really the benefits of practicing gratitude and what does the Bible say about this practice. So I thought I would begin by sharing uh, Philippians 4, 6. In our last episode, you shared Philippians 4, 8 and how we need to think what we need to think about. But if we back up in verse 6, Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, we can stop right there and say, oh, that seems like it would be so easy. Sure, (laughs) Paul, let's just stop being anxious. I mean, if you tell someone, don't worry, what are they going to do? Worry. Worry. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the verse continues, but in every Mm -hmm. situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. So I am hearing a whole lot of benefits in this passage Mm -hmm. in regards to being grateful, being thankful when you come with Thanksgiving. And I thought we could break that down a little bit, but you mentioned something that I think is so beautiful, a story in the old Testament that Mm. begins to lay the foundation that Paul's talking about here in the new Testament. Would you back us up and share that with us? Yeah, I'll try to do it as quickly as possible. But back when Israel was first learning how to become a nation and God was giving Moses all the rules, right? All the laws, all the things we get all struck, you know, it's like, ah, that's a lot. But in Leviticus, he does lay out this sacrificial system. And there are five types of sacrifices that the Israelites are to make. And one of those is the fellowship or peace offering. It's it's interchangeable. And then a category of that fellowship offering is the Thanksgiving offering. And it was the only one of the entire sacrificial system that was voluntary. It was literally When you want to thank God for his unsought generosity, when you want to celebrate something that he has done, you bring this thank offering to him, which was, you know, unleavened loaves and and also an animal sacrifice. It is also the only one of the sacrifices that wasn't either completely consumed on the altar, which if you don't know what that means, that was basically offering it to God. The, you know, the, the fire went up, the incense went up before the Lord, or it was sacrificed fully there, partially given to the priest because that's how they were fed. But this is the only one where a part of that sacrifice is also given back to the one making the offering to go back and share it with family and friends. Mm. And the benefit of that is exactly in the title of the sacrifice. It is a fellowship offering. Mm. So we commune with God the Father. We commune with our high priest, who is Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit living in us when we offer thanks to God. It is this triune fellowship. It brings us into the triune God And helps us again to notice where he is at work. And that like changed everything for me when I learned that. I was like, oh my goodness, this is fascinating. It's huge. It is so huge and so beautiful. What a beautiful picture. And 
it goes along with what I'm learning right now. I don't want to get too far off the trail here, but Mm -hmm. I am doing a deep dive personal study into the cycle of fasting and Mm. feasting Yes, and the importance of both Mm -hmm. and how God used that in the Old Testament to create a healthy cycle for his people from not just a a food perspective, but, you know, for celebratory. Yes. Yes. I love everything that you just shared with us regarding that thank offering. And I, I wonder how many of us miss those full circle opportunities Mm. for fellowship. I think there are so many places where we miss the thank offering. We mess up first of all, because we don't voluntarily offer it. We don't Mm -hmm. give, bring that Thanksgiving to God. We first forget there, but then I think there's another place where sometimes we give the offering to God, but we don't tell anyone else about it. Mm -hmm. We don't share it. And Mm -hmm. so by not sharing it with other people, it's one of the habits that I've tried to implement in my small group is that we not only want to share the prayer requests, but we want to share the praises. It was so cool this week when on Thursday at small group, one of our, our ladies said, please pray for my friend, Patty. She is in Israel and she's trying to get home. Mm. And so immediately all of our hearts were just heavy for this family and we prayed for them. And then on Tuesday this week already, my friend texted me and said, Hey, guess what? Patty made it home. So of course, I know immediately we, I sent out an email and said, we have a huge praise um, because I want people to remember that the God of heaven answers prayer and that we Mm -hmm. want to thank him. And so I think so many times we miss out on that full circle opportunity because we fail to share that Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. of the offering. But then I also think what you just shared in regards to the thank offering was not only just sharing the words and having that experience of bringing what God had done and and Mm -hmm. the Thanksgiving there, bringing that Thanksgiving into a verbal affirmation with others, but also what the Lord is doing in telling us to share Mm -hmm. that thank offering with others is bringing us into fellowship with them and that community of having like-minded believers and family and friends that we're sharing this Thanksgiving with, not just verbally, but sitting down and linking arms and having a meal together that Mm. takes it to a whole nother level. And I think That's what you and I share. That's one of the things we talked about is that just being able to be real, to be who you are, to be authentic, to link arms with someone else who has the same goals and has the same Mm. vision as you. And to say, I was in a hard space, but God moved and I'm thankful for that. And then to have the affirmation back that says, you know what? Me too. It's just so powerful overall, that thankfulness dynamic. And I I just want to thank you for teaching me right Mm. now in this moment, that idea of the importance of a thank offering and how it can Mm. be, have so much impact on many levels. That's definitely a biblical benefit. That's right. 
Well, and I think when you say that, when you link arms with someone who's like you and you share answers to prayer and you give thanks to God for that, it also strengthens your resolve, for lack of better words, to then also share the way God has said yes in front of people who aren't like you. Yes. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. and because you, you, there is strength. There's a reason why God has built, have, he's built us for community, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want us to just stay with people who are like us. Right. And one of the best ways to be able to also be in community with people who aren't like you is to have these practices of gratitude and prayer, um, praising, confessing, learning together with people who are like you, because there's strength in that and accountability in that when you go forth. And um, I mean, we see that with Daniel, which we may end up talking a little bit about, but I think we will. Just while you're on that topic, I want to share something practical that may help our listeners that brings this idea full circle. Mm. So in my small group in our community, we obviously are sharing our prayer requests. We're sharing our praises, but then we want to also not only have communion with one another and have fellowship one another, we want that to spread. And so a purposeful way, I think that we're sort of implementing this on all levels is we have a Friendsgiving meal coming up. And so in order to take that up another notch and not just embrace our praises with each other as we email each other and as we come back for Bible study, but also we're breaking bread together where we have that Thanksgiving meal on the calendar where one of our Bible study small group opportunities, instead of cracking open the Bible and our traditional way of watching a video and having discussion questions, we'll actually sit at a table and eat a meal together and talk with one another around the table. And so that is our Friendsgiving. But then full circle on what you just said, we don't want it to be just us. And so what we've decided to do, one of the ways that we're implementing that this, this holiday season is we are participating in our church's opportunity to serve at the dream center where we will, well, first we're collecting baskets of items. So they tell us, gave us a list and we have this um, basket that we're supposed to purchase. And then everyone in our small group signs up for their items and we bring them and we distribute them in the baskets. Mm. Then the baskets we get to take to the dream center. And then another week we get to go back and we get to help everyone distribute those baskets to the people who have those needs. And so I just think that we have to really work at that idea of going beyond the thank offering into the fellowshipping, but not just into there, start to be purposeful about sharing the fellowship of those opportunities with others so that we can bring them into that fold. Mm. And it's like a full picture of discipleship from a gratefulness mindset, right? Yes. Yes, it is. I have a deep, deep appreciation for that. I 
think that this verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, I feel like the stories we've just shared and the Mm -hmm. thank offering breakdown that you've just shared really explain the benefits, but everyone wants the peace of God, right? The next part of that is, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We all want to experience that peace. And I think this would be a great opportunity for you to share um, the story in Daniel that you mentioned, because Mm -hmm. when we're in those trying times, it seems like Thanksgiving wouldn't really issue a lot of peace, but I love your slant on the story of Daniel. So would you share that with us? Yeah. Well, so to kick it off, I also want to just, whoever's listening, remember when you feel like, um, oh, I don't have God's peace. So I must be failing. That's the voice of the enemy. That is not the voice of God. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Because God is at work in us until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we have to proclaim that and believe that. Or we get in big trouble of trying to earn Mm -hmm. God's favor and love when that, that is not the way God works. And so I always lay that out because I think in talking about Daniel, it really comes down to I've said it a million times, the communion that he had in place with God that he was participating in on a daily basis. So if you don't know anything about Daniel, I'll do this quickly. He had been exiled, you know, from um, Jerusalem with a whole lot of other people into Babylon. He gets in there. He is one of the chosen royalty to learn all about Babylonian culture and, um, he refuses to eat the food of uh, the Babylonians. And he nicely asks for the king to allow him to do something different. The king agrees and so on and so forth. But that does create some uh, tension because God continues to look upon him with favor in this place. And so at this point in the story, Daniel is, um, has basically been said, if you worship or pray to anyone else except King Darius, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. Very popular story. But what's fascinating about it in regards to gratitude and how that ushers us into communion with God is that in Daniel 16, 6.10, it says, he went to his house. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks to God as he had done previously. Mm. 
Mm, that's so good. So we see habits, mm-hmm. right? Now, does that mean God might not deliver you from the lion's den if you do not have habits? Absolutely not. But what we go on to see is that once he, he obviously kept praying, he got through into, thrown into the lion's den. When he was delivered out, King Darius comes because King Darius really, really liked Daniel, but he couldn't go back on this decree that he had signed. So he yells out to Daniel and then Daniel responds in, oh, what verse is it? Verse 625. And he says in verse 622, this is what he says to King Darius. My God sent his angel and shut Mm. the mouth of the lions and they have not harmed me. Because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. So the first thing he does is point out to King Darius that it is God who delivered him. That's a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of praise. And as a result, King Darius ends up saying, we're all going to praise and follow the God of Daniel. And he goes out and he proclaims that to the people. And so, you know, yeah, this is not the most perfect picture of um, maybe, you know, his peace that surpasses all understanding. But what it it is quite a picture of the peace that Daniel had internally that, you know what, I'm going to keep praying to the God who I know to be true. I'm going to keep giving thanks to him, trusting that he is going to deliver me from this. And then as a result, there were so many who ended up coming to see his God as the God who saves and sets free and protects. Whereas that may not have happened had he not stood firm and prayed Mm. and then give thanks out loud in front of all the people. And so it's just really a cool thing to watch things like that play out in the word. Right. Right. I think to the piece that Daniel must've had, can you picture what it must've looked like to see an angel holding a lion's mouth? Like, (laughs) I mean, wrap your head around that Daniel sitting there and the angel comes and is holding the lions back. And just for him to be able to see that, how much peace must have flooded his soul as a result. And I think that your example too, of how his behavior did not change when he Mm -hmm. faced the adversity, when it was staring at him in the face, this idea that he would be thrown in the lion's den. He mm-hmm. didn't change his behavior. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the challenge for us today is that when the adversity comes, will we continue to thank God for who he is and mm-hmm. what he has done in our lives and remind ourselves that he is capable of doing this again. And he mm-hmm. is worthy of our thankfulness and our trust and our honor, even when we can't see how mm. things are going to work out, even when yeah. we, even when we don't have that blessing of seeing the <laughs> angel holding the lion's mouth, that we know God is at work because we trust that He's a good God who loves yeah. us. I think yeah. that's where this practice of gratitude comes into play. In that, 
if we are in the habit of thanking God for what he has done for us, Mm -hmm. and we are in the habit of thanking God for who he is, then we can be in the habit of thanking him for who he is, regardless of our situation, because we know that he does not change. And his promises are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. I think that escort of peace into our hearts is, is great in that, um, it enables us to experience a closeness to the Lord that we wouldn't otherwise experience. I mean, Daniel, yes, he was pulled out of the lion's den and he had to be grateful for that. But imagine how that impacted his life from that moment on that vision of seeing the angel hold the mouth of the lion and how that fueled him forward. It fueled him forward to know that no matter the situation, God was going to move and he could be grateful for how God would work. He could Mm -hmm. anticipate the good work of God Mm -hmm. in the future. I think that's what thankfulness does for us. It gives us this anticipatory Mm -hmm. attitude of, I can't wait to see what God does. Mm. Yeah. And I think too, it's, you know, gratitude, is um, this practice of Thanksgiving, the fact that it's contagious, you know, like anybody who has kids, we grumble, they grumble. We give thanks. Our hope is that they develop into people who give thanks. And I know in our last conversation, I just said it and to point out like, it's not a sticking your head in the sand and acting like everything is hunky dory when it's not. I don't think that's what Daniel was doing. I think that Daniel was like, oh, wow. Well, I know I'm going to get thrown in the lion's den because I'm not going to forsake praying to the one true God and thanking him. And so when we think about anxiousness, you know, I'm like, well, I know Mm -hmm. that knowing I was going to a lion's den would make me anxious. For sure. (laughs) Or we all have circumstances right now that what, what is your lion's den? Right. You know, what is your thing that you're Mm -hmm. facing that you're so anxious over? And then it's never too late to establish a practice, a habit of daily going to the Lord to offer Mm -hmm. thanks, petition, praises, confession. It's Mm -hmm. never too late to start that. And then hopefully the idea is if when you face your next quote unquote lion's den, you may feel that anxiety build up a little bit, but you may also experience that surpassing peace because you go and you do what you have been doing in the past and you take it to the Lord, remembering who he is and what he's done. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. I love it. Well, I feel like we could just continue this conversation (laughs) forever in regards to the benefits of being thankful. I, I thought I would ask you to close this out before we do though, I'll ask you to close this out in prayer for our listeners today. I just a prayer, a blessing over them that the benefits of Thanksgiving would be rooted deep within their Mm -hmm. heart. And they would make this choice to begin, if not already into a habit of Thanksgiving. And then I just wanted to share that years ago, I I think I've shared this story before on the podcast, but it's been a long while. I lived in a very small house and we had a, a number of kids and 
there were things about that house that were very dysfunctional. And I tried very hard to be thankful, but there were times where the kitchen in that home, it made me so grouchy to make a meal. And I, it just was so, I feel you. (laughs) It was so small. And I was spinning in circles sometimes, you know, to have one kid on a hip and I turn around and there's no room and the pantry, the pantry, there's your air quotes, was this <laughs> tiny little closet with four shelves that held like two cans of beans per shelf, you know, mm-hmm. so small. And I had a broom in there. And so what would happen because we had five kids, it was like this house was designed for in the, in a long time ago where they put four bedrooms upstairs, but they didn't really make it functional for the number of people who would live in those bedrooms. And we had every room, you know, packed out, packed out. I mean, at this point we had six, six children living in this home, you know, they're stacked in bunk beds and, and that part was fine. We, we never complained, but that kitchen for some reason was difficult for me. And my husband went on a trip to Africa for 11 days and he came back with photos and we were going through the photos and he was exclaiming all that God did. And we were watching them. And then he got to this one particular photo and there were many child head of households in this part of Africa where he went meaning the parents had deceased. And so the children were like ages 12, 13, but they were the ones who were the head of the household and responsible to put food on the table for every meal. And he showed this picture of three rooms, if you want to call them rooms, three spaces. Two of them had like half a roof. They were taking my husband on a tour of their little home. And they said, that's the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And the kitchen was an open hearth, little fire pit with a half a stool and a half a roof. And I was so convicted, Amber. Mm. I was like, really? And I'm worried about my kitchen. I Mm -hmm. I'm complaining. I had a bad spirit when I was making meals for my family in this kitchen. Mm. And I was so convicted that I just said, Lord, help me not to hate my kitchen, but to be grateful Mm -hmm. and to begin to thank you for the running water that comes out of the sink. Mm -hmm. And thank you that I have room in the garage to store other groceries and pantry items so that you know, we can accommodate, make this work. And it Mm. wasn't ideal, but just the reality that there were so many people who had less than I did Mm. was a harsh way that the Lord got my attention. Mm. I I had to work in that season at being grateful, but after a little while, it was pretty easy. And it was amazing how my mind switched and my attitude switched. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, what are we making for dinner tonight? And it didn't matter that we were squeezing in the small space anymore, or that it was a challenge to keep the groceries in those Mm -hmm. things didn't matter because 
I started looking at it from a different perspective. I well, started- and I love what you said is you said, I asked God to help me be mm. grateful for what I have. And that is again, communion with God. If you're struggling, don't, it's like the, the same thing I said about, you know, that's Satan's playground. When you start feeling guilty that you failed, that's an earning mentality, but instead just tell him. Yes. Help yes. make me grateful, God. Yeah. I want, I want to be, I yeah. want to be grateful. Help me. Yeah. So I love yeah. that you said that. Yeah. And then he answered. He did. He did answer. And I can say many years have passed since then. That's been a couple of decades ago. (laughs) Many years have passed. We live in a brand new home that God Mm. graciously gave to us four years ago. And so on the other side of that, it would be really easy for me to, again, just get used to having a larger home with more room in the pantry. And, and it would be very easy to just take it all for granted. Yeah. And so what I have done in order to remember is mm. I have a, a word art that says thankful and put it right above the pantry door to okay. where every time I'm in that kitchen working, every time I walk in that pantry, I'm reminded that it's a blessing from the Lord to be appreciated and not to be taken for granted. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure there's something that you could share with us today to close this out. I want you to pray, but is there anything else, Amber, that you would like to share before we close? Well, the only thing I would say is I love that you shared that because uh, right at the bottom of my steps, I have a sign that says in everything, give thanks. And I think sometimes we can walk into homes. um, And that was one of my greatest struggles. I was grumbling and complaining all the time when I lived in South Tampa, because everyone around me, it felt like had lavish homes and I had a great home, but it didn't compare to everyone else's. And so I think someone could walk in my home and think because of the signs they see that point to the Lord that we are just such godly, great people. (laughs) But listen, I put those signs up and I wear those shirts for me to remember Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I need the reminder when I walk Mm -hmm. downstairs to give thanks. Um, And so I love that you shared that because that's so parallel to me too. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to do things to be reminded. I remember my mother-in-law saying, I was so desperate that I was using like large post-it notes all over my house with gratitude. I'm thankful for, and I would just write all the time because it was the, at that moment, it was the only thing I could do to stay afloat. And if that's where you are, friends, by all means, don't worry about how your house looks. Slap that big, huge, hot pink post-it note up on the wall and just start writing, you know, Um, start somewhere. Right. So, um, but I'll close this in prayer unless you have something else. That's great. Lord Jesus, you are a God who is worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. And you, um, you are someone who is present with us always. You, you live in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you invite us into that. And so, God, I pray as you invite that everyone who is listening will respond 
first with an offering of thanks that you have extended an invitation to us. God, that you show up in so many areas of our lives and in creation and in the world around us that we fail at times to recognize that it's you. So God, open our eyes to see that it is you. Open our eyes to acknowledge that it is you. God, help establish practices of gratitude in every life who is listening now. God, lead them to a place where they can't help but to shout your praise and to um, express your, your gratitude, your grace, your presence to other people around them. God, we know that you are a God who is love, who is present, who is um, powerful. And so for anyone who may be struggling with a circumstance that is leading them into anxiousness, grumbling, I pray, God, that you will point them towards things where they can give you praise and be thankful. Mm. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Amber. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.